Welcome to another installment of Packy Chat. This week, just like last week, uh, we have a couple couple episodes we kind of put together where there were five good friends sitting around. Uh, we've been working together and been in the business for a long time together. Uh, I think combined between the five of us, we have uh, well over 100 years experience. So while we were together, we took the time to sit around the table and just kind of shoot it up about elephants. This one, we're talking about managing elephants for births and how things have, are starting to evolve from uh, managing elephants on restraints to um, letting them loose and, and have births off restraints or with the herd. I've had the privilege to, to be a part of quite a few elephant births, and um, uh, all of them have been managed on restraints, and we're institutionally starting to talk about what those next steps look like and my personal struggles with it uh, just because we've had a lot of success and you know, some of the questions that come up is why change? Why even bother changing? Um, so anyways, I took the time because we had all of us together to kind of discuss it and get some other perspectives. And a couple of the people that we talked to this week uh, have experience managing births off restraints. So another week of informal discussion. Yeah, appreciate you guys listening. You don't think you can manage births? No, I think it's an evolutionary thing that I think that we'll do. I mean, if you're going to have... You know, the plan is to have three to five births a year. Ultimately, it'd be nice if they could have these these things on their own. How many breeding females? Realistically, seven or eight. So we, we hear in our industry a whole lot saying the evolution, which is implied that it's an improvement. Do you think all the things that are happening that we call evolutions are because they're improvements or just more social like society's changing more and what's more acceptable so it's the evolution of, of being accepted in society as opposed to evolution of improving our craft i i think a lot of the stuff that we do that they call evolution is not improvement but for me evolution is a way from i use instead of using the word change i use the word evolution because it's people people hear the word change they're like but if you're evolving a little bit more palatable mm. for people. So that's why I use that term. But to get back to your original question, I, I just think that, um, I think that depending on their situation, I think a lot of these animals can do it on their own. You know, if you have an animal that that is not fit for it, then obviously we're not going to do that. But, you know, if you look at Asha's demeanor, just the way she is and the way I've acted, been around her and things like that, she's a pretty chill elephant. So... I think she's she's a, a candidate for that type of of again process going forward, and I'm not saying that we should that one it's that's the way that the facility that I work at does things you know, <laughs> All right. but two, um, and I'm I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be lazy either. I mean I would certainly do that if that's what was called for, but I also think that in order for us to get properly socialized animals and all of that kind of thing with, with the right groups and the right family groups and things it might start there you sure. know, with that so um, I don't have the answer or know the claim to know the answer to that but so I mean I don't even know if that answered your question but yeah. um, one of your last ones was loose no she wasn't loose she was still tied oh. but we didn't do anything so she gotcha. had the baby and it fell, and we didn't do anything. And in fact, after about, I want to say 10 minutes maybe, 
we took, right. took it off. Right. <laughs> so basically, the, the tethers were there for the old, oh shit moment. Right. And then once the oh shit moment passed, we were done. We took them off. Yeah. And then the vets did want the placenta, but she was off tethers for that. Um, and I just stayed up till five o'clock in the morning and it dropped. And I, me and one person just had a long broom and just got it out. She didn't, she didn't mess with it at all. What are some of the boxes you would check to say, okay, next birth, there's going to be no tethers? I think it's a progression thing. So again, I, you know, you have to look for the, for me, and answer the same question, it didn't have to be me talking, but, um, each step in the progression, as you know, that they're doing better and better. That's what we did with Asha before was each time we did it was a little bit less and a little bit less. I would predict the next time she had the baby, she, there wouldn't be nothing involved, you know? Hmm. Well, I mean, one of, you know, proof, sort of proof of concept is as you have experience and you have positive experience and you, and they've proven each time that there's less to be concerned about, then you feel more comfortable about, uh, calculated risk, you, not even that you see anything super concerning, but you know that things can happen quickly. That said, if you have demonstrated success in previous ones or the lack of things that are concerning, it allows you to move your evolution forward, either according to plan or quick, more quickly or whatever. Just move it forward where you want to go, um, whereas it, it feels less risky. How about the um, the cows that are first time moms? And maybe the only information you have is see how they interact with other calves. Is there anything you look at, say that you would say, okay, this first time mom, I have enough evidence or I've seen enough to make me feel comfortable, or should all first time moms be on tethers to go through that progression? No, and that, no. No, I mean, no, so, what? no, they shouldn't, or no, they no, I don't think they need to be. So, so for instance, if I was still at my previous place, there's a there's an elephant that um, they're trying to get, she's a teenager now, they're trying to get her pregnant, and because of her upbringing and the way she's been with other cats, I would have no problem, I would be 100% comfortable not only having her completely uh, loose, but I would have also have her in there, I would have her mother in there with her. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, and I think that's that's a part of the progression of that type of situation is this animal may be a first-time mom, but her mom has had, you know, two other calves or whatever, and so that's when you start to try to piggyback off of other experiences like what we saw in that video today where mom took, or grandma, I'm sorry, took mom away for a second, checked on the calf, you know, and those are the behaviors we want to see, you know, and I think... So it wouldn't be for me, it would be reading the, the, the first time mom, but it would also be reading the elephant that you're going to have there in with her, you know? Because you mentioned mom, yeah, you mentioned mom and grandmom, but it could also be non-related for you. Yeah, of course. Mom and aunt, mom and, you know, best friend, <laughs> yeah, or, or mom and best candidate, really. Well, right? and the, and the one I mentioned has to do with each of their interactions that we know about with, as a mom, and or with calves. So um, again, that's that's what makes or creates the confidence to do those things. That being said, it, it, it's specific to these two animals. Another animal might be a com different conversation. So I wouldn't say, so to answer your question is, do I think all first time moms? No, some for sure. I think, I think it's an individual decision. But the more you know, 
the more experience you have behind you, the more, you know, the more, the more you've seen as it relates to a specific animal and how they interact in these situations allows you to make that decision for that individual. To me, it's all individual based. There's so a framework that you want to follow, but it's all individual based. So, because I, I struggle with this, we have this discussion every time, mm -hmm. and we always go back to putting them on restraint. What do you think the benefit is to, to leaving them off restraints? What, what's the benefit? So, so let me just say, like for me, we've seen one, one female have, uh, she's had five calves, and I've been around for four of them. First one was horrendous. Well, first one I saw, so number, first one she rejected. Second one was horrendous. Kicked the living crap out of it. Head pressed it, stood on it, danced on it, the whole nine yards. Um, third one was managed pretty tight. Came at it hot, real hot. Fourth one, and she has all these really quick. She usually like um, lays down, goes to sleep. Uh, either her water breaks while she's sleeping or she stands up, water breaks, and the baby's on the ground pretty quick. Um, and so fourth one... Um, in my office, 200 yards from the barn, and uh, by the time I got to the barn, it was already already on the ground, and they had already pulled it away, and, and they said she was really good. Fourth, the fifth one, um, we were there, it was really good. Uh, so we're definitely leaning towards the discussion of leaving her loose, but my, I keep, I keep going, this is an elephant that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to go in with if she wasn't on restraints. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for safety reasons of every everyone involved, and I'm just so concerned that if something does happen, it's so much easier if they're on restraints and take them off if nothing does happen than to put them on when something does happen. So, I'm I would love to hear something that says, "Oh, we should leave them off for this reason to make it easier for me," because I really struggle with it. I think it's the right thing to do, but I just can't get myself to say, "Yeah, we should do it," because we waited all this time. And I, I just, I, would, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I'd beat myself up if something happened to that calf, knowing that we could have done something to prevent it. Does the um, discussion change if you change the question? For example, why should we take them off? Or we ask, why should we put them on? I don't know, but I know why I put it on. I put it on because in case something happens, I know that, that we have some control over the situation. The one thing I did say, the one thing I did... I would almost feel more comfortable leaving the whole group in the yard, all the whole family group in the yard, and do it out there. Because then I think at least maybe someone else might. Yeah, or I could use another elephant as a buffer to get a calf away or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. um, but the yard's big. We don't have great lights. We don't have good cameras that cover everything. And I don't know. Well, I think you'll, you'll always have that same, you know, why should we put them on while we have more control? That'll never change. You'll always have more control. Right, but if the reason is good enough of why I should leave it off, other than what everyone's doing it, then maybe I'll think better about it. Like I'm, I'm looking for a reason that makes me comfortable could, leaving them off. Could you go, and maybe you've done this, but could you go in between? So again, could you, could she be on it two tethers, and she drops it, and you don't do anything. You let the baby stand up on its own, and and if anything, like what we did with with ours before. We actually pushed the baby to her instead of away because the baby fell and kind of went to the back a little bit, and we used the brooms to right, right, the right. tour. <laughs> and, right. and you know, uh, so 
my if I would, if me and you were working together, I would say, well, maybe that's our next step. step right, with right, her, right. You know, is the the plan is is we have the brooms, we have everything ready to go in case the crap hits the fan. But the plan is ultimately to p give the baby to her and right, see right. how she responds. Right, right. And, it, and you know, it's also the, that intermediate the step. step. Right. I think there's yeah. I think yeah. when we talk about where we are and where we want to be, and and like we talked like I said earlier about individuals. If this individual has a sketchy history or right. things that concern you, clearly she de demonstrated that. Then as you move through this process, yeah, to Nick's point, the next step, the next logical step might be, yeah, you're on tethers, but we're we're not gonna we're gonna see what happens. Right. To right. build on that for the next one or whatever. I mean, if, I don't know how many more calves this animal has in her, but again, it's gonna be something that you could then build off of, and the conversation becomes different next time. It's an interesting point that you said is that you feel more comfortable if she was with the whole herd. So a level of control, you know, to make sure to protect mom away from this baby that you're now going to hand it off to other elephants yeah. for that. And there's candidates in your herd that I'm sure that you feel more comfortable giving that responsibility to. Right, right. And also, I mean, if you see wild elephants, generally the mom has the baby and, and is either pushed away or walks away while the herd kind of comes around it and, and you know, stands around and kicks dirt out and does whatever till it gets stained. And then when mom comes down, she comes back, which is, you know, a lot of people say, well, why do you even tie him up or pull the baby? I mean, we, we can't push the mom away. So we're pulling the calf to do the same thing and then introduce it back when mom gets her shit back together. Well, the number of, the number of females that could fill that category of, or just multiple elephants that can feel the category of getting mom away, we'll take mom away you guys look after the baby. 15 years ago or 25 years ago, there wasn't many herds that you could even pick and choose and say, yeah, those guys would be good candidates for that. But I think as we're getting bigger herds and we're seeing that more in our industry, that opens up opportunities that probably just wasn't there before because you didn't have those other elephants that could be candidates. Yeah, it could be. And so one of the comments you made that I found interesting was you said you want to do it off restraints because it's the right thing to do. No, because I'm told people say it's the right thing to do. Right. That's my question. Why is it the right thing to no, do? No, that was my question. That was what started it. Tell me why. Tell me why we're going that way. Yeah, the question for me is not, you know, is it what's the harm in, you know, taking her off or I forget how you put it, but for me, what's what's the detriment in doing it on besides that people don't like it? I, I I'm not arguing with you. What's the detriment? I mean, I, I we all, it, you know, do we all agree that this tool is evil and should be removed? No. No. We I don't. No, but I will tell but you. But we're doing it because it's perceived as evil. No, and I will tell you that, majority. I, you know, we, I, I had multiple, multiple births that were done on the strengths, but it's not even so much the, what's the actual act of giving birth on the strengths. To me, there's a lot of other things that go on around it. There's, 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 there's weeks and weeks and weeks and hours and hours and hours of these animals spent on restraints. Do I think that's the end of the world? No. Well, but, but would I like yeah, to would I like to change that? Absolutely. And I've said yeah. before, elephants have been having calves for millions of years, right? And we ha and we have animals that are the product of you know a severed education and, and you know all these other things. So so for me, is if it makes sense, I would like to connect those dots again and be able to do it the way that elephants have been doing it for a million years. I I know there's risks, absolutely, but for me... Agreed. But also, but I just want to say one thing. The one thing we did progress in is 
the elephants are not on restraints for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, when, right. when progesterone drops, they go on restraints overnight, at least ours do. Mm -hmm. They're off during the day, and then when we when labor starts, they go on restraints, and then usually within within two days of having it, they're off restraints. Yes, so just, yes, that that's true. I, that, actually, that, dude, we had ours, we put her on restraints when we knew that baby was coming. I got my bulge, I knew my timing was right, I put her on, had the baby, pulled baby, did the neonatal exam, checked him out, made sure everything was fine, monitored mom, was like, she's having her shit, it's time to get him back in there, put him back in, she was fine, within an hour she was off restraints and never went back on again. It was just a safety device. And, I mean, the thing, and I, look, don't get me wrong, I'm just devil's advocating here. But at the end of the day, you know, I've heard I've heard you say things that I agree with 100% about, like choice and control. You know, people are talking about choice and control. Did your animal choose to come and be put in that zoo? No, they didn't. So when we're talking about births, are we saying that although elephants have been getting this right for millions of years in these natural herd structures out in the wild, is that what we got in zoos? It's not. They're in a box. They're our responsibility. Right. No. It's I a fancy box now. No, I, I agree with you, but I also think our responsibility is to try to get things back to as quote unquote normal as we can. So what I can tell you is, is that you know that that example I, I illustrated the other day about the the animal we started to give more, we changed it up a little bit, and we right. and we took more calculated risk. When it was over, that felt good. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, that felt good. Now, if I had doubts, it would have felt good to still have a healthy calf and move that process forward. But when it was done, I was relieved that we took the risk that, you know, we did. There were, there were times where, you know, we had the, we had the best laid plan um, uh, in place as well. But at the end of the day, we didn't, we didn't get, we didn't fulfill all those plans. Everything went okay and it felt good. And that being said, that gives us, I would tell you right now, based on what we did for that one, that would completely change the plan for the next one. So my goal is to put it back Agreed. the way it is, and then not only because I think it's you know I think the animals are capable of it to some degree as long as we give them the appropriate amount of leeway and education and parameters and safety nets and all those things to make it successful. But at the end of the day, too, I mean, there's a lot of angles that we could take as far as um, you know why we would do that. But again. Healthy, normal, well-adjusted elephants, and you know, again, it, I don't know. I just think, at the end of the day, with a judicious, stepwise process to get them to that point, I believe that is the right thing to do. I don't believe that that, that uh, managing the birth is the wrong thing to do for the right animals. Absolutely not. I don't think that's the wrong thing to do. But to me, the bigger picture is, it's the right thing to do. It's and so, so fun. It's so funny. So but that, that implies anybody you talk to for me would say I am. Like risk aversion is the last thing. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not safety conscious about much, right. and I often take risks. This, this, I struggle with this question, and I don't, I don't know why. I think it's just because I couldn't. If something happened, I would beat myself up so bad, and and it's, I. The resources are limited. That's the problem for me in all this. Like every single elephant that gets on the ground is one of the most valuable things on the planet at this point especially in managed care, you know, and you, you have an option to use a method and modify it however you want. If that's five minutes on restraints, baby's out, mama's good, restraints are off. Or if that's two days because you're not sure, whatever, you know, like we have that option. And for me, it's a worst case scenario. I'm not saying I want them on restraints. Don't, don't misinterpret. 
but I'm just saying, just saying you don't worst, want them off. <laughs> it's a worst case scenario. Thing. Well, I mean, yeah. Or how are we looking at this? You know, you're saying you're you're risk you're not risk averse at all. You'll take those chances. But what you're saying and saying that is that you recognize doing it without restraints is a pretty big risk. But, but I don't. And I don't, that is that calf and that mom. And there's been births that have been the mom's been great for one, two, murdered the third. You know, like as good as we are at predicting this stuff. Every one of us would go, man, I didn't see that coming, and I feel like shit, and now we've wasted that investment, and that calf could have been you know, huge. I think I, I'm extremely confident that she would do great because of the evolution of where we're going. I just, like, it's, it's killing me to make that decision. And, I, and, and we talk about it at the zoo. It's not my decision. We talk about it a lot at the zoo, and, and a lot of people lean towards me and Rob to make that decision. Um, and neither of us can just say, you know, with a complete, yes, let's do it. So I was, the only reason I threw it out is because I was hoping you guys would convince me. <laughs> You'd say something that would make me say, Well, I, yeah. so, so my comment would be, for me, it's not about the, so the, the real question is, is if you, if you make the decision to do it off, what are the, what are the benefits for me? What are the benefits socially, you know? psychologically all of that for the mom and the calf are you setting your herd up for greater successes in the future by doing that are you i don't know I'm asking can you the prove question. that and okay. let me just clarify are we eliminating births on restraints because of perception because there's this feeling that doing it without restraints is the right thing to do but at the same time where does that argument take you have an elephant in captivity is that the right thing to do well if i, I do, mean it, if i look back at your question is that what it benefits us one of the things we talk about in our industry a lot is wellness. So let's look at wellness. Having this elephant on tethers, is it the best wellness for that mother? Is it the best wellness for the calf? Is it the best wellness for the, the herd? I think the best wellness for the calf is to be protected as best as possible. So then that makes me lean towards being on tethers. Can I make a strong argument that it's better wellness for the mother to be off restraints or on restraints? I don't know if I can make that that decision. Is it better for the herd or not? Again, I don't think I can make that decision. I think it is. I, I believe it's better for the calf to be tethered for that. Safer. Well, you're not helping any. Well, well, sa well, safe, <laughs> safer. I think is um, contributes to his wellness as well. But we look at the perception. I think is that we talk about evolving our industry, I don't think this calf management is so much well, a uh, evolution of our industry, it's an evolution or the changes in society. Society is going to expect them not to be under restraints. So we can say that, um, well, we're doing it just because people told us so. Yeah, that's with everything in life. The expectations is that. So when we will all be in a position that it won't be a choice anymore, or you'll be vilified if you do and your arguments won't mean anything. Because I think we've seen in this industry, we can make pretty good, straightforward, logical arguments about why we do things, but that gets bulldozed over because society expe expectations. Well, I think that's true, but also one of the things is, you know, I, for me, I believe, it's a belief, I believe that that is a goal worth aspiring to, is to, to, is to have them off restraints or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> but why? Well, well, and the other thing is, is that I, I, also, I, I also believe 
I, I, I believe in that concept, but not blindly enough to say that I must try to apply it everywhere. Like I said before, it's it's for me is that's the that I believe it's better, and I want to continue to work towards that. Each situation is going to be a little bit different. Each individual is going to be a little bit different. So you don't fully have a hundred percent belief yet, right? And so you have to sort of you have to at some point. I, how do you get that belief? I don't know. If someone could guarantee, if someone could guarantee, <laughs> yeah, if, if someone could guarantee me, I would do it, right? So there are certain situations where my belief will tip the scales for me to move it further in that direction versus if I was dealing with another individual situation. To, to, to say, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I still wanna get there, but I'm gonna go slower, it's gonna be a slower process. That being said, this last one we had, relinquishing some of the, the rules and some of the parameters that we had done before, knowing that we wanted to still layer some things in that we may not be able to do, that came to fruition and it gave us more belief, it, it gave us more reason to believe in that concept and move it forward because we knew we knew that there were some things that we might not be able to to, to finish or, or to, to see through as far as our plan was concerned but based on previous experience we were okay with that we had heard in our conversations about how we were going to deal how we were going to manage this last birth i also said boy i wish so and so was pregnant because this would be a very different conversation i was like yeah go ahead and put her in with her you know what I mean? So it's not that I want to take this this belief and, and cram it into every situation and make it fit. It's it's it, it's it's a larger picture thing that I want to aspire to, and each individual situation is going to look different. But again, my belief in the concept is going to make me want to push the envelope a little bit each time, in what I consider to be acceptable parameters of risk. So and and then like so again, I'll go back to the to the point I was making before. I agree with all of what you guys are saying. I think there are certain animals that need to be on tethers because of the risk and all of that. I'm not saying that. <clears throat> what I'm getting at is kind of the same point that he was making is how are we, just like a human, how are we developing these elephants, right? How are we developing them? So for me, or empowering them or whatever to be to where you can say, I, you know, she's got it. You know, these guys are good enough. We've developed them enough. She's got it, right? So like, that's my thing is the reason I would want to evolve into that is for that reason only, 100%, social, psychological, all of that. Other than that, I don't care if they're on, because right. I would, my advice to you would be is if, if, if you are apprehensive, do it on restraints and give it to her. And, and now, now you're covered both ways. Right. <laughs> you're right. developing her as a mom and then you have a lot more information for the next one. Sure. <laughs> I got my, I got two sides. I, you know, I agree with you say, is that my, let's say faith. My faith side says to me, I want them to have their babies, no tethers, maybe even a herd environment. Let's say with, without as much, as little human intervention as possible. But on the other side of my brain is more the scientific and logical part of it, where I start weighing the pros and cons and saying, well, what's wrong with the managed one? So I go back and forth, you know, for between my, like say, faith side, where it's that just sits better with me, and I think that's what everybody would like to see, including myself. But then again, it's hard to tear away from that. It would be nice to be in a situation where those of us who has really have really good programs, is that you have a choice. You have well-trained elephants. You have well-trained staff. And you can manage a, a, a birth very effectively, very safely. 
that's such a huge advantage, but then it's a burden as well when it comes to these decisions by letting that go. Where if, if I was a program that didn't even have that as an option, it is so much more liberating to say, let them go have it because I don't have the skill set or the facilities or the staff or the trained elephants to even consider that other option. Yeah, and, and but that aspect frustrates me because mm -hmm. that that almost seems neglectful to say we don't have the resources right. to manage a birth properly. So it's liberating, man. <laughs> <laughs> it would be liberating, right? But what what happens in those programs? We talk about it all the time, right? They anesthetize elephants for things that you can train them for. You watch elephant calves die from EHB because you can't put hands on them or get anywhere near them. You know what I mean? Yeah, liberating because at the end of the day, your staff and your, your managers all are like, yeah, that's probably EHV. Let's see how he is tomorrow. Oh, well, he's dead. Okay. Well, I'm going to sleep well at night because I didn't have other, any other options. Nobody had to do right. any overtime. I didn't have to do yeah. it. Yeah, and you know, we'll try again. We've got good breeders. We'll try it again. But that, that's but poor animal care. It is. But trying to evolve a mom and teach a mom how to be a mom in the right, correct process is not irresponsible. Agreed. No, totally agreed. But ex show me the difference here, right? So we're saying on a regular basis, train, use tethers, get the animal on restraints, bring it over for an injection if you have to. Tethers aren't a bad thing, blah, blah, blah. And yet when it comes to births, we're also saying, oh, hands off, we need to move towards hearth births. We need to do that. But we're saying in almost all other things, intensively train, intensively manage, run your drills, do this. I know you're applying that model to births, okay? But what I'm saying is in this instance, we're kind of, we're, we're saying as a whole, the good, the right answer, the, the right thing to do is to move away from that intensive management in this particular instance. And this particular aspect of an elephant's life is one of the most risky aspects of its life ever. It is one of the most rare aspects of its life ever. And the output, the product of it, is one of the most precious outputs ever. This isn't a blood sample that you're not getting because you're just, you know, you're waiting for your elephant to be okay to learn how to give you a blood sample. This is a baby. This is a future herd member. And I see zero evidence so far that an animal born on restraints grows up any more or different than any other animal does. If it's no, done right. No, and I, and I would say, you know, it's backtrack just a little bit. I sound like I'm advocating for in the best them all up. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. It's, it's a healthy just, conversation. No, there are some yeah. disjointed things here no, that no, I'm, no, like, I'm having a hard time reconciling. No, well, even, yeah. in the best, even in the best case scenario, there's risk. The question is, <laughs> is do you, what's, what's important, right? And that's why I say with the right information and the belief of where you want to go and the... I'd be lying if I say there wasn't some, you know, I also would love to say at some point to somebody, I don't have a problem with what you're doing. If you, if you can justify why that you feel that's important, that's great. And frankly, it doesn't matter if I agree or not. But the point is, if I say, this is what I aspire to, this is what I'm going to work towards. And with this particular animal, I achieved it. That is an achievement. It's an achievement for me because that's what we wanted to do. It's an achievement for the animals. It's an achievement to the outside world that you can demonstrate that this is what I wanted to do. Whether we like it or not, there's perception and things, aspersions are cast upon us. And so for me, that, that's another thing that's important. It's not of primary importance, but at the end of the day, if I say no, but I don't, but I feel that I don't have a problem to go backwards with another animal. I don't have a problem with the concept, but I want to keep moving in the right direction. At the end of the day, we have to look at what's important, not what's most important, but the things that we want to do, 
the things that we aspire to and how are we going to get there. If we don't try, right? Now, the, we see the, the, the industry and the business keeps changing and, the, and they keep tightening the bolts on the things that we can do. It behooves us to move in this direction because, A, at the end of the day, I believe, like I said, it's the right thing to do for a bunch of different reasons. And while we have these tools available to us, I want to go back and utilize them as, po as much as possible. But at the end of the day, if I am moving in this direction and I'm taking the appropriate steps to try to get there, that is not only is what I want to do for the animals, it's what I want to do for you know whatever program I'm working with, it's what I want to do for, for the people that I'm training and the keepers and the coworkers. I want to move this, this industry in the right direction, right? And I, I don't know if I'm starting to talk in circles here, but at the end of the day, it's important enough to continue to try to move the needle in that direction. I don't know if we have these <clears throat> this information, but um, what percentage of births the last, let's say, four years have been managed versus non-managed? Does anybody want to wager a guess? What do you mean like, by you mean not, you, so, you so, not managed? Let, let's say tethers. Tethers versus non-tethers the last four years, not just North America. Let's say we can at least say... I have no idea. No. No. Well, but what, what I can tell you is that last one that, that we had, I had every intention of that animal. I had every intention of that animal being on tethers when she gave birth. But I wanted to let out some, I wanted to give some more what I consider to be optimal welfare um, situations to that animal leading up to that point. Knowing that we, because of those choices, we may not get to that point as far as having her on tethers when birth came. That, well, that's ultimately what happened. And I'm glad that it happened because now... Through the choices that were made, I now have the, the comfort to keep that going. And I can utilize that information not to, to, to say, no, I can use this framework exactly on the next one. But now I have that experience and that, you know, the, the, the personal experience and to be able to see that happen with that particular animal that will help me potentially make decisions for the next one. Let me, if I rephrase the question and said, um, let's say the last five years, have we seen a difference in success rate or successful birth percentages versus tethered versus non-tethered? Well, I, it, it's a, that's a loaded question because you know there are places that are in, you know, San Diego's cranked out a bunch of babies and they didn't do it. They also got you know wild caught elephants in. So you know I think all of these things are, are considerations in the decision making process, and it also skews the numbers. They've been very fortunate, you know, an institution like that's been very fortunate. They have a framework. They're never going to go to that side, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to continue that. So one is the numbers are way, I think, going to be way the other way just by sheer numbers and of what we've experienced in, the, in recent years. But, I th but uh, to answer your question, this, the, and please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but the success rate is 100% for both of them, right? Because we haven't had any elephants killed in the last four years. So the success rate for managing births is 100%. The success rate for unmanaged is right. 100%. And, and so for me, when somebody says, well, what the hell's wrong with you? Why can't you do that? This isn't getting easier. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying if somebody says to me, they, they've done it, why the hell can't you do it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer mm -hmm. to that question. But what I'm saying is that that's what I'm working towards, and, and, and we're going to make steps. We're not going to go crazy and do it that way just because you did it or make right. these ridiculous steps just because someone else did it. We're still going to use that stepwise process moving forward. But the point is, it's, I, I agree with you. It's important enough to keep moving it forward. And so we're going to keep making those logical, judicious, stepwise process to get there. Well, I think there's 
there could be a point like in your program right now is that you've made those steps, then there's one more final step. And that's, that's the hardest. It's fine to do steps one, two, and three, but step four is the hardest one. Well, no, I think we've already you know? talked about, there, I, I think we've talked about those intermediate steps that you can still mm -hmm. do with an animal on restraints that will give you yep. more information and more confidence for the next one. Yeah. And, and frankly, not even, maybe not even her next one, maybe the one in the next stall's next one. Right. Well, you well when, you, I mean? when you start talking about your elephant, what do you think you're missing? To what other piece of information do you need to see to make that step? Retirement. <laughs> <laughs> like if we're, we're going to talk about progression and steps. Well, what, are you, what are you missing? Well, I'll tell. I, well, let me jump in for a second. And what I will tell you is, is that I, it sounds like something needs to happen to create almost a mutation in your thinking of, you know what, some some fuck up happened and nobody was there. And she did it anyway, and it, it just happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's sometimes what it feels like. I said, we in this, in ours, we we took steps that we knew could leave us shorthanded. We took yeah, steps that we knew that could leave us shorthanded, but we were okay with that. It was a logical risk, right? And I, and I'm not saying that that's what should happen. My point is, is that there's some point where you're going to continue to hold on because there's no really good reason to let go until somebody pushes you. When the situation dictates that it just happens. Then you'll move forward that way, and I don't know how, I don't know how you plan that. But the point is, like I said previously, if you believe it's important enough, then that's where you have to take. You have to let out the literally let out the rope. It's it's like you're at the, you're on the high board on the edge. Someone's just gonna push you over. Yeah, but okay, fine. Let me let me throw another parallel here. All right, so we're talking about loss of life, right? As as one of our worst consequences, we're trying to avoid, right? Okay, we're talking about managed versus unmanaged. In this case, we're talking about a birth, which is loss of life of cat and all, and potentially mom, right? Okay, so, you get a calf that's having an EHV full hemorrhagic, right? You don't have the drugs, you don't have the staff. You let it go, the calf survives. You've been pushed off the ledge, you've been let off of the ropes, right? You, you've been cut loose. Next calf that has that happen, are you going to go, well, they can handle this on their own? That's it. Well, hang on. That's a harmonious thing. It's great. It's the right thing to do. The calf was able to survive it. And if it died, then that's just the way that is. That calf wasn't fit to survive. Are you not going to manage it then in the next outbreak? Are you going to move towards that approach because it's the right thing to do, to do and it feels good and it's natural? No, because I don't think yeah, that is the right thing to yeah. do. You, you, you painted into a corner and you got lucky. So that, you know, so for me, so if I, if I show you the video I showed the other day with this birth, right, and it went, it went pretty well, now I'm going to say someone, I'm going to sit there like the meme with the folding table in the park, right? It went okay. Convince me otherwise. Go, go back to chaining, change my mind. Right. right. Someone tell me why I should go back right. to the way it was. Right. That's that's another question. As far as the other thing is, you know, from a, from a medical perspective, we know, you know, we know what we have to do. You know what I mean? If we get, you know, if something, you know, if we if we have a brain fart and, or whatever happens, we can't do it. To me, that's that's different. That's different. You know, we animals haven't been surviving EHV for millions of years like they've been having babies for millions. So yeah, but I, we're talking I see, about captivity. I see, I'm back I see, to that original. But talking I see, about captivity. I, and I see, I see what you're saying. I just believe that. Like we're applying two different, different models to very similar things, you know. And, yes and, and our no. general model yes no. is to manage intensively. Do we agree on that or not? I mean, our our general approach to everything elephant. I would say manage as, manage as much as as you need to. 
and sometimes that's intensively and sometimes it's not. I don't. I don't no, want. I agree. I, I don't Look, want I agree over, with everything my, you my guys goal, are saying. Yeah, my goal Trust is me. not to overmanage if we don't agree. Have to. Totally agree. Yeah. Where, yep, where they can take care of things themselves, and there's no. But this is where I'm. I'm trying to push you a little bit. Where there isn't a risk of loss of life, and they manage themselves versus us intervening and making sure that it gets managed. That to me is where these conversations need to happen. Right, but there's also, I mean, there's risk of loss of life. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, they could fall in a in a hole in the yard that somebody forgot to smooth with the bobcat and break their leg. You know Agreed. what I mean? That, those kinds of risks are always there. But my thing is, I'm not anti-tether, certainly. I mean, every birth I've done has been managed. And I'm not pro-tether. So, but, um, but I also think, again, we have to look at how we're growing these animals. How is this me having this conversation? <laughs> no, yeah, and like... So again, whether that means you know you, you always do two tethers, but you just let her have it, or you go down to one tether, but you know, just what's the next step of constantly questioning? Okay, and, but reading the animal's behavior at the same time and like trying to figure out that puzzle of it. There's some animals again that should be managed every time, right? I, I feel really confident in what you guys said. The tire, you know, we're going to be there. Let her have it. And kind of go you, from you there. have the ability to pull it out. Oh, yeah. And and I, for me, the type of program I I'm looking to run or trying to run is if we have Susie that needs every single birth managed, then every birth. Oh, yeah. But then we have Billy Jean over here. She's good. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not going to tell you that it wasn't uncomfortable. I'm not going to tell you that I'm like, uh oh, I think we should have done this, or you know, or do we do we do we change direction and go back to what we did before because it's the right thing to do or do you stay the course and see what happens and again it's not just rolling the dice leaving it to chance it's all of the if you've used information you've used the process you've used it you've you've set up a plan to make sure that you're comfortable with what happens and then at the end of the day if something goes wrong of course you're going to feel horrible but, you, but at the end of the day you can also say we talked about this we understood the risk we never thought, you know, this, this was going to happen or else we wouldn't have made these changes. But in the back of your mind, you know it's always there. That's the only way to move forward. It's the only way. It's like training for a marathon. You don't start, you don't start running 26 miles. You start running one, and then each day you got to run a little bit more. You know, and that little bit more feels uncomfortable. And then it gets easier, and then you, then you run a little bit more. And then that's not, that doesn't make you tired, and you run a little bit more. You know, you got, the bottom line is you got to start somewhere. You've got you to gotta make the move. I find it interesting is that um, you know we're sitting at a table here. It depends, it depends who's sitting here. I feel that we would, um, if the if the agenda was tethers per se, it'd be easier to convince somebody to keep the tethers on, who you who has done tethers, as opposed to ask get somebody to put tethers on an elephant that's never had one before. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's because of all the reasons why we say tethers should be on. That doesn't go away, but I think it'd be more difficult. I think I would have a bigger challenge to convince somebody who's never done it before that it needs to be done, as opposed to asking, convincing somebody that's used to doing it to say it's time to take them off. At the end of the day, if you, if you use them and you've been successful, then you have proof that it works. And you do not, you do not yet have proof that taking them off works. You, and you can listen to somebody else all day long. The only way you're going to do it is if you prioritize that as a goal 
and you you take the right logical approach to get there. And at some point, you have to do you have to make little steps. That's the end of the day. And then only when you've done that and things go well, have you now proven yourself right that that's the right direction to go. But if you don't do it. You, you're never going to get there. So again, like I said earlier, if this is an important enough goal and you believe in it, you have to take the steps to make it happen. Again, and that the plan to do that is important and you need buy-in because it can go to shit. There's no question. But the thing is, if you do it right and you do it in small increments and you feel good about it, you can then prove to yourself that it's okay. Yeah. Your don't worry about it. Look, let me just... I don't go with... I don't use the word belief. My belief is better because I feel like that's a little too mystical for me. But my knowledge and my understanding and the information that I have about that animal, about the science of birth, about all of it, tells me I, I would be 100% willing to do this off birth or, or off tethers, but make sure that I have the right staff and the right oh, plan in place to manage yeah, it if it does not go right and, and predicting what could go wrong with that particular individual. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and when I say belief, it's not a blind faith. I understand it's completely. A it's a understand yeah. completely. And it's a belief in the importance to move it forward. Right. And, and again, and like I said, there's only one way to do that. You've got to start doing it. And, 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 and I don't know what the catalyst is to make you feel anybody, any one person, feel good enough to then go, nope, we're going to enact it, we're going to do it. But again, for me, just because, like I told you, if I have a certain belief that this is the right thing to do and I have a goal to move it forward, it doesn't mean... It's going to be the same, like that every time. I'm going to take each, you know, each individual situation as cool. just that, and we're going to deal with that one and see how we're going to manage that one. And if it was this situation, it might be different. All in a, all that we're, you know, all that still applies and fits within our philosophy and credo. That's just the way it is. But again, the the ultimate goal is to move it forward. And I, and again, by doing that, I believe that we're also going to move the industry forward. And I also believe that we're going to move the care of the elephants forward. I don't have a problem with it, but I can tell you right now, if someone could tell me with 100% certainty that it could be done, I would do it. We all would. The problem is, is, the, is the apprehension of the there risk. There are people absolutely who will tell you it's absolutely valid, but there's only one way to get over that. Using logic and moving it forward with a plan logically. That's the only way to do it. So if, you, if the mom's out of strength, the baby hits the ground, and you don't intervene, at what point do you collect samples for EHV, baseline blood stuff, make sure it's okay, check the umbilicus and all that stuff? So what we do is we would do it opportunistically. So if the baby's laying down, like for blood or something like that, then it would fall asleep and we would just get the sample then. Uh, the trunk wash and everything can come pretty quickly, a couple of days, because that doesn't matter much. Uh, same thing with the weight, that's two or three days in. You know, that, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, but yeah, the blood, that might be the only thing that, you're, that you need to get that you don't get immediately. But I think with the last couple babies, we've gotten it within the, last, in, within the first day or two. And it's always when it's sleeping? Yeah, it's always when it's sleeping, laying down. They flop down sleep enough that there's always going to be an opportunity that they're within reach. Yeah, usually yeah. for us again, you know, it's you got to get lucky. But I mean, you're you're sitting there watching them for the first week or two, so inevitably, within a 24-hour day, at some point, they're gonna they're gonna fall asleep right up against uh, against the baller or something. Yeah. You know? But but again, like that that might be something you have to give up for a little while. If you're gonna decide to manage the birth that way, 
you know, you have to have those conversations with your vets and stuff. And you say, hey, we might not be able to get blood for the first couple weeks or you know, couple months. You know, all those discussions really need to be ha had because if if the option is no, we need that blood within the first two days, then that might change your whole strategy. <coughs> Tethering in general. Mm -hmm. Some people were asking me about that once the other day, you know, and uh, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on it. But I said, you know, tethering in general is always going to be a tool for me, no matter what, because PHV and sickness and things like that. So, like, somebody was saying, well, what's next? Is, is, is tethers next to go? To go, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I don't think tethers for me will ever go because of circumstances. Burst is one of them, but. You know, EHV, just an animal getting, you know, colicky or really sick in general. So it's just a tool that you can use. So I, you know, I don't think they'll ever go away. But I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on, on that. Yeah, well, I agree with you. We talked about the guide coming or going or not, and we say, well, the guide leaves a target or whatever all comes in its place. I don't um, to allow us to accomplish the same goals. The reasons why we have tethers, if they go away, I don't know what replaces the tethers. Right. So we lose that complete option. I think we lose you know, the guide. We didn't lose a training tool. I think there's other training tools. That's just one of the training tools we have. I don't know what another tool would be to replace the tethers. So we actually, after everything had settled down and the birth was over and we felt good about how things were going, we put Mama on tethers and then we addressed the baby for a short period of time once everything was calm. But to go back to the question about whether tethers go away or not, I don't see them ever going away because managing animals requires physical restraint. And there are there's a, numerous ways to do that with elephants, but tethers are, the, to me, easy to train, easy to remain positive and effective. So, I, I mean, I, it's a, like I said, you know, the guide, yeah, the guide could go away and we can, there's different things we could do to replace it. Physical restraint of animals you're trying to manage, the, the, the need for that, the potential need for that never goes away. So I guess you would say, you know, I think a good way to describe that for me is tethers are the gold standard for restraint for elephants, right? Potentially. Yeah. I mean, potentially. I, you know, depending on the animal, you know, we all know we have those animals that don't like to go in the <coughs> right? We have right. those animals who yeah. won't go in the shoots and they see ghosts and we don't know why. I haven't had an animal ever refuse to be trained to accept tethers. Willingly, there's never been a problem. They're so versatile. We, we can't pick our ERD up and move it to the elephant. Yep. Right. But our restraints can go anywhere at yep. any time. Right. Thank you for once again listening to this edition of Packy Chat. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Again, Packy Chat's all about just conversation. Take things you heard, uh, things that might work for you, and use them. That's great. Things you don't agree with, well, that's okay, too. We're not here to tell you there's one way to do it. We're just here to start conversation and have some thought. Once again, thanks a lot for listening to Packy Chat. We appreciate you listening.